Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. Hello, I'm Sergey Rebro. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east. Hello, welcome to Ukraine Plus Football. I'm your host, Adam from Ukraine 24 and we've got a really exciting episode for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I've been looking forward to this one for a really long time. We're really honoured and privileged to be joined by the number one coach in international football in the ladies' game, Luis Cortez, who... Ukraine are really fortunate to have as their national team manager now, has agreed to join us this evening. Good evening, Luis. How are you? Hi, good evening. Well, everything is okay here in, in Spain today. So I want to, I think we will have a good time speaking about football. I'm certainly looking forward to it. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Zoria Londansk, Andrew. Evening, mate. How are you? Hi, Adam. Going to be delving into something that I think doesn't often get covered in Ukrainian football. So hopefully get a bit more excitement going around the women's game tonight. Yeah, I agree completely. And Ray, how you doing, mate? Hello, Adam. Hello, everyone. Yes, it's exciting to spread the word even further about Ukrainian football and the game we all love. Now, Luis, you started obviously playing your senior career. You played for a few seasons in, in Spanish football. How did it go from playing in the men's game to becoming where you are now as you know, the top-rated coach in the ladies' game? How did that journey begin? Well, as you said, I was a football player. I was playing in, in different teams in, in Lleida. It's my hometown. I started to play with Lleida. It's a, a team of the, of the city. And I played when I was 18 years old with the first team in the second division in Spain. So, so it was a high category. It was the, the second division. So the first is Barca, Madrid and all these teams. So the second division, Lleida was playing there. Now Lleida is a little bit uh, in a bad situation, the, the club. But in, this, in those years, uh, it was nice to play in, the, in this team. After that, I was playing in some uh, third division teams. But when I was, I think it was 25, 26, I decided to, to stop playing. I decided to, to move to the full time to the coach part because while I was a player, I was also coaching some, some teams or hel- helping as an assistant coach in, in some teams, for example, in, in in Jada women's team, I was the assistant coach since I was um, 18, more or less, or, or 17 years old. But after I was 25, I started to 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 coach, uh, but only coach. I stopped playing and I started to to be only a coach. My first step as a head coach was in the Catalan national team. Catalonia is a region inside uh, Spain, and we played the Spanish Championship against other um, communities in the other regions in in Spain. So, for example, Cantabria, Andalusia, Basque Country, uh, Catalonia, and we played the, the Spanish um, Championship. I was the under-12 uh, women's team head coach. One season after that, under-16 uh, women's team head coach, one season, and after that, four seasons with the under-18 uh, women's uh, 
national or regional uh, team. After that, Barca called me. Uh, Fran Sanchez was the coach who's who going to be the, the head coach of Barca, the new head coach for, for Barca. And he called me and I started to work for Barca as analyst. First season as analyst in the first women's team. Uh, the next season I started as an assistant coach of Fran also because we added one more uh, person in the staff. And in January, in the middle of the season, uh, the club decided to, to fire Fran and I became the, the head coach of the team. And it was two years and a half uh, being the head coach of the team. And last uh, summer, I decided to, to leave Barca. And after that, I received the offer from the Ukrainian national team. And now I'm the head coach of the Ukrainian national team. And, and what a fantastic season you had last year. Primera champions, Copa de la Reina, Champions League. I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for you. Can I just... Before we move on, I'm just curious, when you were coach of the Catalan under-18s team, were there many of those players that came through to Barcelona Femini? A lot a lot of players came from, from Barca Femini, but there were some restrictions because uh, you can only play with, at the same time, with four players of the same team, of the same, uh, of the same team. Then you have to choose players from different teams. So there were players from Espanyol, from Barca, from Dam, from other clubs. In, in Catalonia, uh, but maybe one the best team could be most more players from from Barca team, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but because of this rest restriction, we only call so maybe six, seven players from Barca because you only can play with four at the same time. That's really interesting. So, seeing as you started off in the men's game, Lewis, what is the main difference between the women's game and the men's game in your eyes? Well, it's a, it's a good question, and a lot of people ask about it. For me, be a coach of a football team is the same because the football is football, and footballer is footballer. So I'm a coach of footballers. It doesn't matter the gender, yeah. But it's true that there are some um, differences between women and men. For example, in terms of physiology uh, items or physiology uh, aspects, uh, there are some differences, some evident uh, differences between a man and a woman. And for example, uh, one very important difference is the, the strength level. Yeah. So men used to, to be stronger sorry, than a woman. So it's true. And it can uh, affect also to the speed and to the different options you have uh, as a skill. For example, if you are stronger maybe you can do a long pass if you are not strong you can you can't do this so for example um there are some physiology physiological uh, differences but there are also some psychological differences and it is also very important when you are managing a team or you are um yes the coach of a, of a team because you have 24 players and it's different if those 24 are men or are women because they react different in terms of emotional or psychological um, area. Okay, so you mentioned the conditions of the players, Louis, and uh, what about the um, effect it has on football? I mean, football is growing rapidly these days and it's changing each season even faster than before. Uh, how do you see it developing in the next years and what do you see as the next steps of uh, the development of global football. 
Okay, I think in the last years, uh, as you said, women's football uh, were uh, are increasing uh, a lot. So in terms of licenses, of um, money investment, or um, people following the games, so I think it's very important what we did last seasons. But it's true that because of COVID situation, maybe we this this increasing or this 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 development um, now are a little bit. Uh, sl- we are going slowly these mm-hmm. two two last uh, years because of, of COVID situation, of course. But I am sure that in the next uh, seasons, the, ne- the coming years, we are um, we will be able to to consolidate these big steps we did in the in the past because there are a lot of people thinking every day that women's football um can 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 keep on improving it's true but i think that now more each day there are more people and more people following uh, women's matches and women's football and it is very good because if we have more followers we will have more investment we will have better conditions we will have better fields we will, ha- we will have more sponsors better conditions for the players in terms of salary so we have to to start uh, increasing the number of uh, followers of course but it depends or, or the first step the previous step is to change some mentalities of some people because it's true that there are a lot of people all over the world that they they see like uh, normal that some players uh, some women play football okay but there are some other people in the world that for the moment they or, don't understand or they don't agree or maybe they think that now uh, football is a sport for for men so we have to change this mentality if you want to do next steps very well said now i'm going to change tact here slightly Luis, and i hope you forgive me because i remember when andrew told me he said listen there's a chance that Luis cortez is going to take over as manager at the ukrainian national team i was like no way is this going to happen this you know from coming from Barcelona. So just for us, what actually attracted you to the position of the Ukrainian national team manager, first of all, when Andrei Pavelko called you up from Ukraine, what was it that got you interested? Yes, well, after leaving Barca, I decided to, to stop everything related with football during three months, at least. I decided, okay, three months, I don't want to watch games. I don't want to speak about football. I don't want to do nothing related with football because it was a very beautiful season last season. It's true, but it was very stressful also. And I felt that I needed to, to disconnect. After that, I, I was speaking with some teams, so with some clubs, but uh, to sign for a club, it means that you have to move to other city, to other country uh, most of times. And go back to this stressful day-by-day football life, yeah? But Andrei Pavelko called me, or be a, an agent, and said to me, okay, Luis, we want you as the, you become the, the head coach of, of a Ukrainian national team. Okay, my first answer was no, I don't want to come to Ukraine, yeah? It's true, I have to recognize that, that my, it was my first answer because Sometimes people, we only see FIFA ranking or, or we only see how many players, Ukrainian players are playing in top uh, teams. But after one meeting, two meetings, three meetings, I understand that you scored, 
Ukraine, they don't want only Luis Cortez to be the head coach of the national team. They want Luis Cortez for something else. Yeah, it was an offer that includes not only to be the head coach of the first um, women's team, but also to be the responsible or the leader of a big development of women's football program. And it was really uh, what I felt that, that I can help the, this country, this very beautiful country and very big country, to improve the level of women's football, not only in the first women's team, in the first uh, national women's team, but also in the league and young people, uh, young girls uh, playing football and, and help all the country to become or better and better in terms of women's football. That makes sense. So obviously you came over to Ukraine, but what did you sort of know about Ukraine as a country, uh, about the football history and, and the likes before you arrived? Before I arrived, I knew very few. I have to be honest with you. It's true. I knew it's true that I, I know some Ukrainian people living in Spain because there are some, some people like you in, in other countries. So some people, some Ukrainian people living in Spain and I know some of them. So the first thing I did was to, to call them and to ask some things. Hey, what do you think about Kiev, about Ukraine? How is people, Ukrainian people is, is good, not? What do you feel? And, and, and also we have today, we have a lot of information in internet, in books, in everywhere. You can read a lot uh, about Ukraine, about Kiev, about everything around this country, and also about uh, the real situation of women's football. But it's true that, that you need time. When you move to a different country, when, to a new country, you need time to understand how it works, uh, everything. And in, in this case, everything relates, related with, with women's football. Yes. And now in this moment, trying to understand how the UAF are, is organized, uh, what, what's the people working for the UAF uh, to help women's football, what about the level of the players, the clubs, the restrictions? For example, in Spain, in December, in January, you can train every day. You can play every day in Kiev, minus eight degrees, snowing. <laughs> it's very difficult to, to, to train in January or in, in December. <laughs> so there are some things that you have to, to change your mentality. And I think it's good for me also to, to develop my abilities as, as a coach, uh, I'm sure. You mentioned the departments of UAF, uh, Luis, and uh, that's what we uh, wanted to ask you about. How does the communication between those departments actually work? So uh, how do you, uh, who do you talk to about the potential candidates to the national team and where do you get all the data and anal analysis and so on? Who do you speak to in the UAF and do you understand how it works in general in Ukraine? So, I mean, yeah, it's maybe we need three hours to speak about how <laughs> the women's football <laughs> is organized. But it's true that in, in Ukraine, you know that in the UAF, there's the FIFA, UEFA, UAF, there's the Congress of the UAF, the UAF Expo, the Executive Committee, there is the Women's Football Committee, and there's the Department of Women's Football. Uh, and this is with these people that I have more contact and I have more communication, okay? Uh, in the beginning, of course, I was speaking a lot with Vadim, vice president, and with Andrei Pavelko, also the president, and with some um, some members of the, of the executive committee. 
of course. But now, in the day by day, I'm speaking a lot with, with these people involved in the women's football department, especially with Sergei, Sergei Novikov. He's the, the, my main contact in the, in the UAF because he's in the deputy of, uh, head of women's football department and he's the manager of the, the team manager of all uh, Ukrainian women's teams. And I try to speak a lot with him because he is explaining me how Ukrainian football is organized and helping me how to, to, to understand everything um, around women's football in, in Ukraine. It's also true that I'm not able to speak Ukrainian, not yet. I will try to, 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 to learn some, some words and, some, and, and try to, to learn, of course, uh, your language. But uh, with Sergei, he speaks English very well, so we can speak a lot uh, about football in, in English. Uh, yeah, uh, we know Sergei as well very well. His English is, <laughs> is, is top notch. I mean, obviously, you're in the first part of your journey within Ukrainian football, but from your initial months being involved in the setup, how does it compare? in general with the setup in Spain and do you see any similarities there in particular okay i think we are in different levels so mm -hmm. it's true and and we can we can see it i think everybody can see it because uh, spanish football i think they started to invest um, money and resources in women's football before than ukrainian women's football mm -hmm. so i think we are in ukraine uh, maybe like in spain eight years ago five seven years ago in spain so we need time in ukraine to improve our um global football women's football level but there are um some very good things in ukraine that uh, the mentality of the players they are um really hard workers uh, what i what i am seeing in this uh, in these first um camps with the, with the team uh, they are really hard workers they want to improve they are um, convinced that they that they can uh, be better players, that they can um, improve the level of the of each player, but also of the of the team and also of the national team. I think every day um, more people in Ukraine understand that um, women's women can play football. So it's true. I think also that some similarities that like. Um, big men club now they want to do the women team also and it's very good because big men club uh, they have uh, more resources it's true more money and more budget and more resources and it's good that they want to uh, build their their women um, team also and i think it's good for example one difference uh, that now is a difference but i want to change a little bit this mentality is the way they understand football. So, for example, they most of matches I'm watching, um, I'm watching a lot of matches via Y scout of the Ukrainian Premier League, and there are a lot of teams playing so direct, trying to reach the opponent uh, box uh, quick uh, with few passes. And now we are trying to change this mentality in the national team because, because no, no, because we want to play. Um, beautiful football no it's because we really think that playing in another way or playing in more associative way we can be more competitive 
And if you have the ball, the other team doesn't have the ball. If you have the ball, you can um, move the other team where you want. If you have the ball, you can um, um, create more chances um, if you want. Because if you have the ball, you have the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But uh, there are some, some people in Ukraine that maybe think different. Maybe they think that playing so direct and playing so quick, maybe they can be more competitive. But I'm uh, sure that no. And I think against Scotland, it's true that we are only uh, trained uh, six, no, three, four sessions before this match. And, and it's true that I signed the contract maybe one week or 10 days before. So there are some, no, a lot of new players for, for me. Uh, we did a good match. And against Hungary, uh, it's true that we did some very simple mistakes that we have to, to, to correct and we have to improve. But in the second half, I think people uh, saw the real Ukrainian way that we are trying to, to, to play with this team. Wow. That does make, I guess, positive hopes for the future. We've obviously discussed what attracted you to Ukraine. We've also discussed sort of what you want to bring to the Ukraine national team job. But what excites you the most about this Ukrainian job that you've undertaken? What are your sort of hopes for, for the future with it? Okay, so there are also uh, one important thing that I didn't say. It's the, to be the, the host, or to host the Euro 2025. So it's one goal of Mr. Pavelko. Uh, he wants to, to host this big tournament. And he also asked me to sign for um, Ukraine women's national team uh, to reach this goal. Okay, to to help the UAF to organize this uh, big tournament and and try to fight to be the 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 main candidate to to hold the to host this this big tournament. So it it was really exciting. One very exciting part of the offer was that. Another thing is that that it was very good for me to to live this stressful day by day life, as I said before. In, in a team, in a normal team, in a club. And as a head coach of a national team, you can manage your time in differently you know, as in, in your own way, yeah, because you don't have this stressful uh, day by day. And, and of course, and, and the offer also was good. I have to be honest also. So the, the offer was good and all the conditions was really good. So, so these different things uh, make me to, to, to make the decision. And I'm, now 100% focused on, on, on help the Ukrainian uh, association to, to improve the women's football. And it's, we're very lucky to have you with us. Now, what is the main role of the retired internationals in your setup? As we know, uh, Ian Drushak, uh, she mm-hmm. is recently retired and now is on the coaching position. So what yes. is exactly the role of, uh, play, of ex-players like her? Well, I think it's very important that uh, women players, once they stop playing, they think about being coaches because we need women coaches also, not, not only in Ukraine, in all over the world. But it's true that some years ago, uh, most of players, women, they decided to stop the, to play and they decided to work in other things because they were studying for, to be a doctor or I don't know, or some other job. Yeah, but now there are some players uh, thinking about being a coach 
after um, playing football. So in this case, Ia is a very good example because I think it's important to have some X players in, in the staff because they are able to, to understand the game, to understand some situations because they felt it before as a player. Then it's easy to speak about football with some X players because they understand everything um, better than those um, people or those coaches or those assistant coaches that they are not uh, X players. And it's also a good example for other uh, women players that they can say, they can think, okay, uh, one option for my future is to be a coach also because Ia is doing this, so I can do this also. And, and of course, Ia is helping me a lot, a lot, a lot, because uh, she knows very well all the players, the day-by-day the, the -day of the UAF, of the training camp, and she knows everything very well because she was a player and she did it every day as a player and now she are doing this as a system coach and she's helping me a lot especially in this first camp it was incredible because uh, it's true that sometimes i didn't remember the name of some players because i was watching videos from them only 10 days ago so it's impossible and, and understand that for a spanish uh, man like me it's not easy to to say some Ukrainian surnames or some, yeah. some names. So it's not easy. And Ia sometimes helped me. Say, okay, Ia, tell me how can I say to this player this thing? And she said me, and she helped me a lot. Uh, well, it's great to hear. I, I have the same problem with pronunciation. I have to say, even now, <laughs> after being here, was it twelve years? I still can't get most of the names right. So I, I'm in the same boat. I have to. I have to ask. Obviously, this year we've seen the women's Champions League grow and the expanded group stage and the success of Jitlerbud one winning the mm -hmm. the game in Iceland and next. In two seasons, if I'm right, we're going to have two teams in the group stage. Nicole Kozlova has joined Danish champions and will be playing in the Champions League as well next season, hopefully. How key do you think it is for Ukrainian players to be playing at that standard in order to help the game develop? Well, I think it's very important, these, the, these goals we reached this season um, with Zillowood doing a very good very good round uh, group stage against against Breidavik but also against uh, Real Madrid in the home match mm -hmm. they they did a really good match and i think it's very important for for them because this this is good to to in, enforce i don't know if it's correct to enforce their confidence so they get more and more confidence uh, when they play this kind of matches because they say okay we are able to play against these teams so we are not so far from this team. It's true, PSG is maybe in another level, okay, but for the moment we are not PSG, or we are not in this level. We want to play good matches against Breidavik, against Real Madrid also, so the second, the third, the fourth team in, in these top divisions, I think we are able to, to play these, these matches. But it's also important because in the next season, as you say, uh, we will have two teams, two teams playing this Champions League previous uh, stage. So it means that if they do a good tournament, we will have two Ukrainian teams in the group stage, and it's very, very important for Ukrainian women's football because um, it, it's an extra motivation for for them to stay in these teams. And of course, if if there are no Ukrainian teams playing Champions League, 
it's true that maybe some players, or most of players, they will go abroad to play in other teams uh, that play uh, maybe Champions League or have more options to, to play uh, Champions League. But in this situation, we have um, more power to, to make these players stay in Ukraine, in Zillowood, one and two, because they are um, in the first positions in the league. Uh, and it's really good. But also there are some other teams like Rivas and like other teams that they are doing uh, good matches. They're improving day by day. And, and it's important that we don't want only two good teams. We want a very strong league, very strong um, competition. And we have to, to have a look not only in the two um, Champions League teams, we have to, to look in a global form to all uh, other teams. You said uh, Nikola Koslova. Nikola signed with Koche. Uh, and I think it's good also because she was playing in, in the US in a univers in university league. And, but she wanted to come to, to Europe. She was speaking with me a lot of times and she wanted to come to Europe. And, and I think Koche is, is a good option because it's a team playing in a, in a maybe not a top uh, league, but yes, it is a strong league because they, there are only I think ten or twelve teams in the in the league. But there are um, a lot of competitive matches. But she will have options to play in this team because, for example, we don't want these players signing a very big team and they don't play and they stay in the bench every day. So it's better for them to go in these mid teams where they can play, where they can develop, and where they can become every day more important. Uh, that's absolutely uh, true. I think uh, some of our men can also take lead from that one. However, I think we'll follow up on what you were talking about, where you just mentioned that Krivbas are coming up. They're still in the second division, but are looking to be promoted. Shakhtar as well are doing quite yeah. well in the women's second division too. So what is your general view on the UPL obligating teams to have women's, women's sides? Yeah, it... It wasn't my decision because once I, I signed with uh, UAF, it was uh, established, this rule. Uh, but I agree. I agree 100% because if you are not able to convince them, you have to, to make it as a mandatory. You have to say to them, okay, you must uh, create a women's team. Because it's true that sometimes it's better that you can convince them. Yes, you can explain that it will be good for them. They will um, um, improve or work in this social part of a team, creating a women's team. Women's uh, football is, is a very good investment for the future. But if they don't um, want to, to do this, so you, as association, uh, maybe sometimes you have to say, okay, you must do this. Because you know, as association, that it will be good for them. And of course, you have to help them um, as association, of, of course, because if you say, okay, you must, but you, as association, you don't help them in this process, uh, it's not good. Uh, it's true. But if you say, okay, you must, and I will help you to improve women's football, and I will uh, create a better competition, and I will create a better conditions for, for women's team. So I think it's, it's good. In Spain, we did it some years ago. As I said, as I think it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago that the Spanish Association also, they, they, it wasn't uh, you must to do this. They say, okay, if you do this, your team will play in the first division directly. So it's like say, okay, this is a good suite that you have. You can take it or not, but <laughs> it's a good suite. <laughs> so. 
So they, they manage it uh, in another way. Talking about good trades, Luis, for the time you, you already spent in Ukraine, what are your uh -huh. favorite experiences and memories? Well, I, I think that, I, as I said, I didn't know Ukraine, I didn't know Kiev. And I was spending my first days uh, working uh, in the center of the city in Kiev. And I got really surprised because it's a very nice city. Uh, a lot of parks, a lot of old buildings, a lot of nice churches, uh, good roads. Good. So in the center of the city, it's true, and a lot of high, um, high buildings. I say, okay, it's not Kiev that I imagined before. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a really nice city. It's true that it's really, really big. <laughs> and you spend a lot of time from the airport to the hotel, to the ho from the hotel to the field. It's a very big city, but it's the same in Barcelona. So don't, don't worry, <laughs> it's the same. But it's true that, that walking in the city center of Kiev, it was really, really nice. And another good experience was the first days training the, with the team, with, with these girls, because I really felt um very good feedback from them yeah i felt that they really want to improve and they were listening all the time they were asking all the time they were um doing everything in as a maximum effort so it was really really nice these first days i was speaking with with jaume with my assistant coach coming from spain and with jordi also coming from from spain and and we all agree in this they are doing the max so it's what you can uh, ask to a team as a coach is this. Okay, if players are doing their max, you, can, you are happy. You are happy because they are doing the max. And I'm really happy with the team. And it was a really good experience these first days with the team. Brilliant. That's brilliant. We have to ask, we ask all our, especially our international guests on the show, what's your opinion on Ukrainian food so far? Ah, well, I'm, I'm very easy in this term because I eat everything so and I like everything <laughs> so I can eat good everywhere all over the world but it's true that in, in Ukraine I, I, taste, I tasted some really good uh, dishes yeah? uh, for example borscht uh, the main soap in, in Ukraine it's fantastic and also all pork meat um, cooked in different ways uh, was really really good also sweets. I, I don't like so much sweets, but uh, desert, but it's true that, that when you taste it, you say, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. Vodka, so not so much. Vodka, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> I'm, not too, I'm not strong in this, in this way. <laughs> oh. I will have to, to train a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, of course, um, two, two big games coming up in April uh, against Scotland and uh, Hungary in, in Ukraine. What, what will, you, will you be up to in, in the next few months getting ready for those matches? Well, in the next month, in February, we are going to Turkey to play a friendly tournament in, in Turkey. Um, I think it will be good because we will um, bring a lot of players, different players, and we will be able to watch them live and working together. And, and I'm sure that it will be good because it will get us a lot of real information from the players. And, and we will have also time to prepare this April uh, camp because, okay, in February we go to Turkey, we want to, want to, to win every match, it's true. But the main goal of this tournament or this camp in February is to prepare the April 
matches. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's true that from, from the UF, uh, we don't receive the pressure to say, okay, you have to win these matches because if not, uh, our main goal is to, to go to the World Cup. No, we understand that it's very difficult. It's true, but we have options. And if we have chances, if we have options, we have to fight till the end to reach this, this, this goal. And I am sure that if we are able to win Scotland and win uh, Hungary, that we are able and we can win these matches because we saw in last matches that we can win these teams. Against Spain, it's true that it's very different, different because it's so difficult to win against Spain. But if we win against Parola Island, so we win these three matches, we are in the next round. We are in the playoff. Okay, in the playoff, there are very good teams and it's very difficult to get in the... Uh, final stage of the World Cup. It's true, but we have to 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 believe that it's possible, and we have to fight for to win these two matches in April. Uh, it's good because we will play at home. Uh, hopefully, everything in Ukraine will be good, will be nice, and we will play in Ukraine with a lot of supporters and with a lot of people uh, supporting us, and we will be able to to win these matches. And after that try to win against Faroe Island and try to, to fight <laughs> against Spain to, to reach this goal, to get in the playoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We wish you best of luck. And uh, I mean, we, we will be there with you on, on the journey as well. But uh, I mean, Lewis, thank you so much for this evening. It's, it's been great to have a chat and get this insight into, into everything you ho we're hoping to achieve here with ladies football in, in Ukraine. And Andrew Ray, I think you've. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Yeah, really insightful and a positive look into what hopefully will be a flourishing future for the women's game in Ukraine. As Lewis already said, he's got the well, he's got the role of helping to develop Ukrainian football as a whole for women, but also just the other bits that not necessarily related to him. The sort of the cool, the bigger teams that are trying to get promoted to the Premier League of the women, such as Shakhtar, Krivbas, they're really putting money and resources into it and they look like they want to have a serious shot at it. So, um, yeah, it's looking bright and I'm looking forward to following it a lot more closely. Just before you go, we would like to ask for people listening and they want to find out a bit more about what's going on with the ladies team. Do you have In, any social media handles that people can, can find you if they haven't found you already? To improve women's football, we also need, well, we need coaches, good coaches, good players, clubs investing, but we also need media involved in this process. So we need um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we need these uh, channels, this this social media, talking about football, about women's football, because we need them. Because people uh, will uh, follow them, will understand that women's football exists, uh, and it's good for us to to these media speak about women women's football. You can find the handles at UAF Women on Twitter and Instagram. And Luis, yeah. what are your handles for anyone who wants to follow you on social media? To follow me, it's LLCortez1414 uh, in Instagram and also in, in Twitter. These are my, my, my profiles. So LLCortez14. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, Andrew, your social media handles for any new listeners we have tonight? At Zoria Londonsk. And Ray? 
Or Bon Casual on Instagram. There we go. I'm Ukrafot24. And that's it for today, everyone. I hope you've all enjoyed it at home as much as we have here. But till next time, take care and goodbye for now. Head, please, please, head, please, please, head.